And welcome back to the Overnight Scape Central. I am Peaky River. And this week we're talking about characters. Characters in uh, whatever way that that manifests. And, uh, well, it's a simplified week in that. It's just Frank Edward Nora and myself in your ears for this one, at least as far as I can tell as of the inbox, as of the start of this production. But uh, you never know who will sneak in before the end, so we'll keep an eye on the inbox. And, uh, yes, Frank and I will discuss the topic characters. Uh, I think of it as like people I've met in life who are just so much larger than life. Uh, Big people, people who were almost uncontainable in their uh, passions, personalities, or what have you. And uh, yeah, uh, God, I just so many people I have had the uh, privilege of knowing. Like, like, like my old pal Billy Bob, who uh, I met in the uh, summer of 1979 through my younger brother. And he was just, he is, I mean, he's uh, subdued from his younger days for any number of reasons. But uh, he was the first, like, guy I knew who would just do anything for the sake of, uh, he would refer to it as material, so to speak. And, yeah, he would, uh, if he had this idea that he thought would make me laugh or any of our other, he would go out and just do it with no... uh, incredible and uh, almost uh, by today's standards and some politically incorrect things some overindulgences uh he uh was the first person i know knew who walked around for hours at a time with a portable walkman which was our tool at the time and did these long uh monologues i mean he basically in my head prototyped the overnight scape underground in a way but uh, unfortunately i only have a few of the tapes and uh i don't think i think through life and everything uh those tapes have come to not be uh in existence plus uh uh, the, the political correctness of anybody's uh, personal stream of consciousness babblings uh, for hours and hours uh, are sure to... Uh, f- it's just too easy to offend people nowadays. Even if these tapes existed, I think even I would be able to listen to them. It, it, times change. Anyhow, uh, with us today, I've got Frank Edward Nora, and uh, we'll see what else happens as we go. But uh, let's see what Frank has to say about characters. So this would be a frivol called The Reality Jamboree, right? And it's it would be kind of like a movie um, where all these fictional characters from all across every kind of medium are uh, are invited to this uh, this event called The Reality Jamboree. And they're told that in two days, um, a doorway will appear, and they can walk through, and they can join the jamboree and start meeting all the other characters and interact with them. It's this huge celebration of fictional characters, and, and the idea is that the producers of this movie are creating it in uh, in a near future where what we know of as uh, AGI or artificial general intelligence has now is now available, and so 
filmmakers now only need to talk to their AI to make these amazing movies, right? You just have to sort of describe what you're looking for, and the AI will take it from there. We've seen the bare beginnings of this phenomenon in those AI image generators, which I have to admit I really haven't been using very much lately. I'm getting kind of annoyed by the AI image generation concept. It really, I mean, it was so fun at first, but now it's kind of like, feels a bit empty. But anyway, who knows? I may get back into it. Uh, They're starting to make videos using the same technique. So I'm thinking when there's a much, much more capable system, uh, something like the Reality Jamboree could be achieved as a movie. And in fact, I think maybe everyone will be making these kind of movies because what else is there going to be to do when robots are doing all the work? Make all these weird movies like the Reality Jamboree. And this sort of, uh, there was a show I did a couple years ago called The People on TV Intercom where I described a very similar concept where an AI could take any episode of any TV show ever and as the characters are inside in a room, there'll be an intercom on the wall and you can actually press the the intercom that you have and start talking to them and interrupt the scene. Like on the Brady Bunch, you can say, hello, hello, Peter, Peter. Hey, who's that? Who's talking on the intercom? And just completely like, the AI will completely run all the characters and um, you know in their interactions and everything else. The idea that you could uh, take an episode of you know the Flintstones and say, "Here's an episode where Fred joins the uh, whatever club, but watch it an entire 24 hours of Fred Flintstone's life, right? When he's sleeping, when he wakes up, brushes his teeth and goes to work. Yeah, that's just strange. Just before I started production, uh, I, I was watching some link on YouTube. Uh, it was the first 24 hours of the Cartoon Network, and I was just watching The Flintstones. And it was this crazy episode. I mean, it was one of the later ones. And in fact, it was real, like PC and stuff. Basically, uh, Fred and Barney aren't talking because uh, there's some gruesome, like, Frankenstein family moved in next door. And uh, Fred thinks they're horrible freaks. And Barney is daring to be friendly with the freaks. And then Pebbles gets in trouble and is rescued. You know, the typical. But it just... Uh, to, to have things, especially lately, there have been some really resounding synchronicities happening. And my skepticism about all that, oh, it's just coincidence. And that's generally... I mean, that's how you have to chalk it up because... In a consensus reality at this point, that's all we can determine that it is. But boy, golly, coincidences sure happen coincidentally now, don't they? Like every moment, the entire drive to work, like you could just see his entire life in in excruciating detail, right? Um, Following these characters uh, throughout the day, right? And the AI could do that. It could generate that. So that would be the idea of the reality jamboree as you you would sort of – you could watch this movie in a way, uh, watch the character waking up in the morning and just – it would be real boring. But it would be interesting to watch these characters uh, like Fred Flintstone. I mean he's not on my list. I I have more obscure characters on my list. But 
you know, wake up in the morning and then eventually get this some, you know, some sort of prehistoric bird will come in and give him this uh, this piece of rock that's actually a letter, you know, and inviting him to the reality jamboree, even though he's not invited. No one from the Flintstones is invited. But anyway, and Wilma, what kind of uh, invitation is this? You know, I, the reality jamboree. And <laughs> well, Fred, why don't you ask Barney about it? Hey, Fred, how's it going? Barney, did you did you get an invitation for the reality jamboree? No, I didn't, Fred. <laughs> you know, and it would just be this whole thing. Like, this is the kind of stuff I think people will be like creating and watching in the future. Like, especially if you grew up with pre-AI entertainment, you'd be really interested in delving deeper into the lives of the characters and stuff, right? So anyway, like the last couple of days, I've been putting together a list. And it's it's in some kind of shape. I don't know. There's all sorts of bizarre characters on it. So let's just go through it. These, these are some suggestions of who could be in the reality jamboree. Of course, I'm thinking of more, you know, kind of obscure characters or fringe characters. And then, of course, you get them all together in this place, and they start to interact with each other, meet each other, and uh, it wouldn't just be sort of a surface thing. Like you could just sort of this would be hundreds if not thousands of characters attending this event and all of their conversations all of their activities if you were into so you could even watch them going to the bathroom you know like there would be bathrooms you know there'd be food there'd be there'd be food that they're, they're eating it would just be like the most incredible thing right and this is the kind of entertainment and you could just spend like months or years just watching this one movie and it would just be that long. You could be as, right, the AI would just continue to extend it depending on what you wanted. I know this is kind of a frightening notion, the reality jamboree, but it could happen, okay? So I, I want to go through this without even referring to the internet at all. I may not have all the, um, all the specifics of these characters, but... It's a pretty long list so far, so we'll see what we can get through. So these are just some cool, and these, and just also these are some interesting characters that I just thought of. Like I just started thinking of random characters that I thought would be cool to be in something like this. So first, uh, I, I because I've been, you know, one of my favorite things is to go on the internet, the Internet Archives uh, magazine rack, and there's the contribution index, which they changed the way they did it a bit. So if you're looking for the old way of looking at it by most recent. You look at the contribution index, and it's just there's hundreds of new magazines posted every day. And one magazine they post is this magazine called Sick Magazine, which was sort of a, a a mad magazine wannabe, you know. So, you know, there's been a bunch of those, you know, like uh, Crazy had uh, their their Alfred E. Newman uh, ripoff character. Was it Sylvester something, the painter? There's been a lot of those. There's a lot of magazine mascots. But one that I thought was really interesting was Sick Magazine's uh, Huckleberry Fink. So he would be invited, Huckleberry Fink, the uh, the magazine mascot. He was he really was just he he was kind of like Alfred E. Newman, but he seemed to be more intelligent and a little bit more mean spirited. He's he's a real Fink. You know, people don't really use that word anymore. Fink. Ah, what a Fink. Huckleberry Fink. Now I wonder if you could also invite Huckleberry Finn, and then Huckleberry Fink and Huckleberry Finn could like interact. Like, hello there. Who are you? I'm Huckleberry Fink. Ooh, I'm Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, I think I'm sort of based on you, at least my name, at least. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much. Uh, see, like how much the the characters would know that they're characters, right? 
otherwise thinking their realities are real. I guess it would really depend on the characters. I mean, some characters know they're fictional characters, like Deadpool in the Marvel Universe, who's not invited, by the way, uh, is... uh, is uh, he, he sort of knows he's in a comic book, but but yeah, it could sort of simulate all of that. So I mean, obviously, the AI will have um, read every single issue of Sick Magazine, every reference to Huckleberry Fink, every interview with the creators of Huckleberry Fink, and understand every aspect of Huckleberry Fink inside and out, right? To simulate what how the character would react in different situations. The next characters are two pairs of characters from fiction, characters that are extremely that referred to but really never uh, fleshed out as characters. Um, one pair is Alatar and Palando, uh, two possible names for the Blue Wizards in in the in the Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, which is uh, somewhat relevant because the recent very poor TV sheer, series. The Rings of Power um, did introduce uh, an Istari character. The Istari are wizards. So Gandalf, Sauron, um, Sadoman, and uh, Radagast are, are all uh, these Istari. They're they're Maiar, you know, sort of uh, assistants to the gods. They're spirits that have been uh, sent to Middle Earth in in the flesh of old men to help with the situation there. Though some of them didn't wind up being very helpful, like like Sauron, um, but <clears throat> the the character in Rings of Power was uh, people think it's Gandalf, but it may not be. It, his his original name as a Meyer was Olori, Olorin or something like that. And he's also known as Mithrandir, I think. Um, but anyway, they also theorize it may have been one of the Blue Wizards, uh, Alatar and Palando, or some of the names that Tolkien gave them at some point, but they never were fleshed out. They were in another part of Middle-earth. And paired up with them is Osric and Findo, um, two of the uh, princes of Amber, right, from the Amber series by Roger Zelazny. And uh, by the time the story starts, Osric and Findo are long gone. They were sort of killed in wars like thousands of years ago. Even though there's that uh, role-playing game, the Amber role-playing game that had really good illustrations of all the Amber characters and the Osric and Findo they came up with was actually really cool. And they all, I think they always said that there were trumps for Osric and Findo in the decks because the, uh, the, ro- the royal family of Amber, they had this reality travel power and they had this pack of tarot cards called trumps and... Uh, they could contact each other by looking at each other's trump and they could uh, teleport each other through to, to that area um, <coughs> if, if they made contact. But I don't think Osric and Findo either were dead or were refusing contact. So The next set of guests, I'm thinking like the Skatebirds, which was like the super um, – Rare, and I don't know if I even saw it. And I, there's very little online about it, but it was kind of like a, uh, um, kind of like a, a banana splits, but like around eight years later. Like banana splits was more what sixty nine, I think, whereas um, the uh, skatebirds was seventy seven, and they were these three birds and then one cat, I think, that 
were on roller skates, but they were actually people in these costumes. It was made by the, the Croft, Sid and Marty Croft. And then they introduced cartoons and stuff, including the Robonic Stooges. That could be a good one to like. Like ro- ro- Robonic Larry would be a good guest. I think we could we could invite Robonic Larry, the Robot Larry. Um, but I figured one of the skatebirds, but I didn't really get to the point of seeing. I think there was one that was a pelican. Maybe we could invite the pelican and the Robonic Larry from from the Robonic Stooges. And again, like these characters would all be completely rendered as their original like if they're animated they would be animated in this world if they were someone in a costume they would they would be perfectly represented um, by the AI um, next one up is Ralph the all-purpose animal from a really kind of a, a cool obscure animated movie called Twice Upon a Time which uh, I did finally see it I don't know how great it was but it was this incredible project where they developed this uh, animation method that had never been used before apparently or at least at this level it was something like um, sort of like translucent pieces of material on a light box and I think they would just arrange them it was almost sort of like stop motion but two dimensional right they they were arrange them on this light box in some way it was this huge project, but it was very it was a very troubled project and it re- hardly it got released, but had a very limited release and there was a, several versions. There was apparently a version that had actual curse words in it that uh, was only shown, I think on HBO like one time, like in eight, 1982 or something. And uh, I forget which version I saw. You can find it out there somewhere twice upon a time. Um, really fascinating, not necessarily a great movie, but just an interesting. An interesting movie, but, you know, it's sort of Ralph the All-Purpose Animal voiced by Lorenzo Music, right? He's the guy that did the voice of uh, Carlton, your doorman, one of those characters. Uh, well, you know, it'd be interesting. Why don't, Carlton, your doorman was a character, sitcom character you never saw, you only heard, talking about intercoms. On, uh, I think it was on Rhoda, right? And Rhoda, what was Rhoda a spinoff from? <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore or... Anyway, we'll invite Carlton, your doorman, voiced by Lorenzo Music, and then also we'll invite Ralph, the all-purpose animal, who was just an animal that could he could change into like any animal. It was an all-purpose animal. We'll invite both of them, Carlton, your doorman, and Ralph, the all-purpose animal. Boy, you sound you sound just like me. Wow, you sound just like me. That'd be cool. <laughs> Lorenzo, and didn't I think he also did Garfield's voice in some of the cartoons, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, Lorenzo Music. And, yeah, Carrie Michelle, whenever I think of Garfield, I'm reminded of our um, former uh, partner in podcast crime here on the Onsug. Uh, the, uh, they, well, she moved on, hopefully, to happier things. And uh, hey, if, if you're still out there, Carrie, uh, come back. Uh, join us here on The Central. That would be really cool. But, uh, yeah, Carrie Michelle was probably the biggest Garfield fan I have ever known remotely or in person. And yeah, uh, these fiction, this, this whole concept is just, and, and the idea that AI really could run it. We could feed all of these fictional characters throughout history into AI, and they really could generate 
24-7 entanglements and encounters and imagined scenarios between all of these characters. This is mind-boggling. And, uh, you know, our pool of characters is getting shifted around in our culture. Uh, This past week, I uh, saw the Netflix Dracula. Uh, Just to digress a little here, uh, we'll get back to Frank in a minute. And uh, I have always been fascinated by variations from, you know, different takes on Dracula and the vampire legend and different comic book versions. And of course, you have the universal mythos of vampires and your Hammer films. And then, of course, all these 80s, 90s takes on it, the romantic, the erotic vampire. And um, what this one did, I think, to cut to the chase, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler, but if you don't want any spoilers, scooch ahead somewhere um uh, van helsing is a woman that much i'll tell you and i don't want to spoil the rest because uh it really does i thought you know that these you know that i have a certain hesitancy and distaste for established uh, situations, established properties being like just shifted around for the sake of, uh, I don't know, what would seem to be more of a uh, social showing than an actual manipulation and story that would be interesting. But I that there are some ripples that occur in this that I commend. So, uh, yeah, as far as characters, uh, well, the Dracula character in general, from just a uh, almost cruel uh, and uh, scary and powerful and seemingly uh, imperious, Bela Lugosi-like uh, creature, or if you have these tragic, sad, uh, the Nosferatu-like ones, uh, there's all kinds of variations of this vampire, and really can be tricky. I mean, there are benefits to living forever. And uh, then again, the provisos of being a vampire are prohibitive. I mean, no sunlight, uh, sleep in a coffin full of dirt with the rats, um, suck blood out of people. It, it just, I don't know. There are certain things that uh, make it not quite exactly, even if given the opportunity, something that at least I could embrace. I'm sure there are people in real life who, if they, and they're out there, if they could really be, isn't that half of what the whole goth thing and the gothic lifestyle is that people who really want to be like the Adams family or so I don't know I and it's Halloween all year and and that's a groovy idea I mean don't get me wrong that would be kind of spiffy if we could carry it off uh the fun fun is the key once it becomes a de rigueur or a chore or obligatory is when I almost immediately begin to chafe. Anyways, um, uh, is the Great Gazoo. 
I mean, you said no Flintstones characters are invited, but uh, I would invite, at the very least, the Great Kazoo, because he always referred to Fred and Barney as dum-dums. You dum-dums. When was the last time I actually saw a cartoon with the Great Kazoo in it? When I was a little kid... That was just my favorite of all the characters. When there was a Flintstones episode on and it was the Great Gazoo, I was so there for it. Uh, For those of you who don't know, the Great Gazoo was this hallucinatory seeming. It was an alien who came down and he could grant wishes to Fred and Barney, as I recall it. But there was like complications uh, that the wives could never see him or something. But Pebbles could just, you know, cartoons. It's just a wonderful world. And and what, let's, in, introducing into the jamboree, how about Vic and Sade and Uncle Fletcher just wandering around, uh, responding to these uh, the cartoon characters? This is just getting more and more uh, complicated. Anyway, I figured I had to include a Star Wars character. I'm getting so tired of Star Wars, even though the um, the new show Andor is actually very good. If you're a Star Wars fan and have been very frustrated with the recent garbage they've been producing, Andor is actually quite a good show. It's kind of what I've been waiting years for, a, kind of a good Star Wars TV show. Um, anyway, I, I decided to, there's a character that I wasn't aware of and there was this uh, Star Wars collector app from Tops that I used to have a long time ago where you could like collect Star Wars cards. <laughs> and there's also a Marvel one and, and a Disney one, all owned by Disney, obviously. We can get these trading cards. It's all free. And I was able to re-log into them. So one of the cards I got was a character named Sudswater Dillafay Glon. <laughs> Sorry. Sudswater Dillafay Glon. You know, they these characters. They, the name is not said in the in the movie. This is from the Force Awakens in 2015. He was one of he was like the playing a guitar type instrument in uh, Maz Kanata's palace in in uh, in um, Force Awakens. So he was. Uh, I just like that name, Sudswater Dillafay Glon. So we'll invite him, a musician, ca- uh, alien character, and. Uh, Next, uh, there's this, there was a short-lived comic series called Phase One Phasers that just came and went. But it was this guy, um, I think it was from AC Comics, and it was a guy, um, forget his name, but he was com- a completely worshipped at the feet of John Byrne. So he completely copied John Byrne's style. And Phase One was a complete copy of Alpha Flight. But it still was pretty cool. And I, I, wished, I always wished there was more. I was really fascinated. I, got, I bought them when they came out in the... 83 or 84 or 85 or something and it just vanished the guy mark bridges was the guy's name yeah um so i figured a character from phase one phasers uh there's a a woman with green hair called uh sprint she could run really fast i figured she would be a good guest and then also there's a super obscure one i could hardly find any information on um uh a guy named Blade, who's like a superhero swordsman guy. So one of, we're going to invite both of them. What the hell? Uh, they'd be good. Obscure characters. But again, like the a- an AI, if you like 
a comic series like that, it could just continue the comic series, right? It could make like another 100, another 200, another 500 issues with the same characters, right? As if they were being drawn and written by Mark Bridges. You know what I mean? And these these AIs would even learn everything they could about the creators to understand their influences and where they grew up and people they knew. And I, this is all very scary, but it can be done. You know, I think it could be done with this this new generation AG, AG artificial general intelligence. Next was a uh, character named Enta Girl. E N T A Enta Girl, who was. Uh, a, uh, a mascot for uh, the video game company SNK that they introduced a few years ago. I don't know if they did much with her. I just know she has like this weird little beanie or a, a beret that sort of concentric circles blue and white. So we'll invite uh, Enta Girl. Next, uh, from German literature, Till Owlglass. This is, uh, I remember I actually bought a, a book of this for my sister-in-law, Till Owlglass. And I've read a few stories over the years on um, The Overnight Escape. Till Owlglass is this uh, kind of like silly character that travels from town to town in Germany in like the 1600s or something and always having these wacky adventures. So I figured he would be a good guy to to uh, invite. From the world of cereal, uh, I, I'm th- I was thinking the Cookie Crisp Wizard. Remember Cookie Crisp? Which is still around. It was a great cereal. It was like eating a little bowl of, like eating hundreds of little cookies for breakfast. What's better than that? And at first, the, originally they uh, they had this wizard, just sort of a you know a cartoon wizard guy, kind of in a Hanna Barbera kind of style, and he was the uh, the spokesman for for Cookie Crisp. But then he got fired, and then they, they hired this wolf. The this wolf. No, first no. See, I think first they hired. There, there were these two cookie thieves and a cookie policeman, and then they fired them, and then they hired like the Cookie Wolf. <laughs> so they couldn't figure out who they wanted for Cookie Crisp. I think the Cookie Crisp Wizard, like, where's he living now? What's he doing in his life? You know, if he's a character, if he has a life, he has a place to live. He lives his life. He, he got fired from the Cookie Crisp by the Cookie Crisp Corporation. You know, it's a whole thing. So he'd be a good, he'd be a good guess. I wonder how bitter he is about, or does he even know he was fired? Like, I don't know. Like, that would be hard to figure out that, like, the Cookie Crisp wizard, like, he knew he was in commercials for Cookie Crisp, right? But did he have a separate life as a wizard, or? <laughs> it's a good question. Yes, yes. Yeah, this is, this is a great concept because then we have the interpretations of characters like you're mentioning there. So I, I just had to interrupt you. I'm, I'm Mr. Interrupter this time around. I mean, this leads us to questions like, uh, how many King Vitamins really were there? And and Ronald McDonald variants uh, over the years? Um, and, and Burger Kings. There were cartoon Burger Kings and real-life Burger Kings and that horrible lawn ornament like Burger King uh, but you could get them all and follow them like team them up like a bunch of uh, buddies on a road trip a buddies road trip movie with all of the Burger Kings oh man Frank you have opened up the door into a future possibility or possible future that oh man i i like this 
Hey, I paused for a little while there. Just talking to my neighbor. Yeah, I'm out here on the porch. It's it's actually not that bad out here. It's a little cold, but smoking the uh, Romeo and Juliet Reserva Real, so the Royal Reserve, and I have the rest of my uh, cachaça here. The Avoir Cachaça from Brazil, and my list of characters. Anyway, next up is uh, the Weedian from the uh, Sleep Sleep's album Dope Smoker, which we just got this incredible box set. You know, m- my wife Denise subscribes to the Record Vault from Third Man Records, and they release like a five uh, five disc um, edition of Dope Smoker, which is uh, Sleep's magnum opus. It's like an hour long. Um, stoner metal song about this uh, this cannabis um, messiah, the Weedian Nazareth. So it sort of combines Jesus with like a tribe of, of uh, dope smokers. Really great song, and there's a picture of the Weedian on the cover. They're all, and he's sort of like just covered and wrapped in the, in this this robe and has this apparatus. So he's just sort of breathing like uh, like weed all day, you know, smoking weed all day long. There was actually an action figure or a figurine of the Weedian produced in a very limited edition that's not available anymore. But So he'd be a cool character, the Weedian, Nazareth, dope smokers, Weedian. Talking about music, uh, one of the ultra-obscure songs that I play on the other side is, uh, I think it's Nabber 96. It's this band, I think it was called Nerf Herder, and they did a song about Nabber, G-N-A-B-B-E-R, I really don't know much about the character, but I figure he'd be a good character to invite. And then from my my own comic strip, Zope, which at some point I'm planning on doing a a compilation of all those comic strips I did about my character Zope. Um, some of the more obscure characters, like Master Joe, would be a good character, or um, Zope's girlfriend, Numismonia, who barely ever appeared anywhere, and then also his co-host on Zope TV. Uh, Nixie 59 one of them would be good to invite or all of them I guess you have to invite Zope I have to invite Zope to the uh, reality jamboree he's very he knows he's a fictional character he's very angry at me for not drawing him anymore and and that he never became as famous as uh, as Snoopy that that that's really he's very he's a very bitter cartoon man next up to invite I'd like to invite Brenda Drill from the movie Shock Treatment she was sort of a uh, an obscure character. Shock Treatment is, you know, sort of the, the semi-sequel to uh, Rocky Horror. And Brenda Drill is like a singer, and she's Oscar Drill's brother. Sorry, she's Oscar Drill's sister. And she says to um, to Janet, Hi, I'm Brenda. Remember that whole scene? She's also in the opening segment. Denton, Denton, you've got no pretensions. I think she was like a cheerleader in, at the opening part. Hi, I'm Brenda. And someone who was in that fandom found the actress that played her and interviewed whoever, whatever her name was. But this is Brenda Drill, the character from Shock Treatment. Um, I figured we had to invite one of the audio animatronic characters from Epcot. And I was thinking Bonnie Appetit. She was sort of your an audio animatronic host of the Kitchen Cabaret at the Land Pavilion. She was a human... Uh, housewife who who was introducing this musical review with all of this singing and dancing f- food products. <laughs> Bonnie Appetit. 
she of course was replaced uh, when they it became Food Rock. She was replaced by a uh, I think it was um, Young MC or one of those rappers uh, playing a uh, food rapper who was a a food ca- uh, a food rapper that rapped. So she was fired as well. All these bitter characters that got fired. So Bonnie Appetit from the Kitchen Cabaret. And she would be in her audio animatronic form, you know, in, in the show. Next up, a character from uh, the card game I play, Hearthstone, Grifta. He's like this sort of Rastaman uh, troll guy who uh, trades cards with you, the Grifta. <laughs> He'd be good. There's probably a lot of good characters in Hearthstone. That's just one that came to mind. Then there's that band Smirsh that uh, I had that video interview with, and they did the theme song for Weird University. I was trying to think if they had any characters in their songs. I know they had Going Home to Grease, Weezer. They also had a a song called Hunter Killer based on the Hunter Killers from Terminator. I haven't really figured out what character from Smirsh I would uh, invite. I'd have to explore it more. This is a frivol, so I'm not going to explore it anymore. Also, I was trying to figure out who from the Little Rascals could... uh, could come along. I was thinking Algebra the Mule, but it's just a mule, so you really he doesn't he's like a regular mule, so that'd be kinda cool though, just having a regular mule named Algebra from the Little Rascals. He would just be black and white, you know, he would have no color. Um and then some of my characters, uh, I, I wanted to invite Treasel Trucus, a jester I created in one of my early stories about interdimensional travel. He was like a he was a je- like a court jester named Treasel Trucus, but can't remember much more about him. But you know, the AI would just have to read whatever I had written and create Treasel Trucus. Uh. Next up, I definitely want to invite Iggy Salzo. Iggy Salzo is uh, um, a character I played in Weird University. It was sort of a fictionalized version of me, but a bit more abrasive kind of a person, and. Uh, He's he's a guy that does interviews and stuff, and and him and his his uh, his roommate Franco Wolfini, played by Mad Mike, and then I did in an episode of the Overnightscape slightly extend the canon, uh, creating a show he did later called Ignatius Wallops. So he 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 does hard hitting interviews. He wallops. He's a hard hitting interviewer. Ignatius Wallops, and of course he his last name was based on the character Salzo from. Um, the Polarized Worlds Doctor Who movie that I am currently uploading the complete Polarized Worlds and I have another character from there coming up too Uh, it's uploading now so it'll finally be released the 8 hour behind the scenes footage but I'm telling you this reality jamboree doesn't this sound like a a great movie it's a movie that's as long as you want it to be it could be it's an infinitely long movie Next up, a pair of chimpanzees. Um, first up, Floyd the chimpanzee from the fish song Fee, who uh, he does get killed in the end of the song, so we'd have to sort of extract him from an earlier po- point in the reality because he was on the boat and they sliced him on the nipple because he was trying to he, he he broke he was trying to kill Fee the chimp the Fee the weasel. So we get Floyd the chimpanzee, and then another chimp named uh, Jimmy the Exploder from the White Stripes. Jimmy the Exploder is a uh, a chimpanzee that can explode things with his mind. So that would be kind of a cool uh, chimp to be there. I'm sure there'd be a lot of chimps. I, I don't know, Lancelot Link, some of those chimps, I don't know. We'd have to see. 
Coming up next, a band, a, a complete band. I'd like to invite uh, Speed Razor and his Arcade Androids, which I'm assuming was a band, but thinking about it now, yeah, I, I interpreted it as being a band, but it just could have been a, gan a gang of people, I suppose. Um, from one of the Grateful Dead's most obscure songs. Probably one of the most obscure songs ever in the history. This is a unique situation. The song is called Revolutionary Hamstrung Blues. And it was, it was sang by Brent Midland. And it was only ever performed once by the Grateful Dead. Was never released in any other form. And the lyrics were so unclear until finally the guy that wrote the lyrics, I forget his name, but he also wrote, I think, New Potato Caboose, a couple other songs by the Grateful Dead. The lyrics, they found his, his lyric sheet. So we know it's Speed Razor and his arcade androids. And uh, that one performance, I think from 1985 or something, or 84, something like that, um, is the only instance of the song ever. <laughs> so super obscure. Frozen Nose Sue is another character from the song that could possibly be invited. Yeah. yeah so next up, I did want to invite a few characters from Polarized Worlds. As I said, I just watched eight hours of the of the raw behind the, the behind the scenes footage, and I think the main character I'd like to invite is Arquilla, the psychic girl, played by Lynn Schlexer, and uh, so she was a, a companion to the Doctor, and she was a psychic. She had psychic powers like suggestion and mind reading and stuff. And then I think my brother's character, Cyril, the henchman, would be a, someone else good to invite. Yeah, we could invite the whole cast, maybe. I don't know. I did want to invite a character from Magic the Gathering. <sighs> Couldn't figure one out, though. And then also there's this Guardians uh, collectible card game that was in, from the 90s that had a lot of interesting characters, but I didn't really review it. So eventually some of those characters would come through. Then Mildew Wolf, who I've been researching recently, is a Hanna-Barbera character that apparently was in one series where he was trying to kill and eat this little lamb character, but he always got beat up by this dog who was the Lamb's bodyguard, Mildew Wolf, that was the uncredited voice of Paul Lynn somehow. I don't know. How was how Paul Lynn uncredited? I guess, he didn't, I guess he didn't want to be credited. But then he became one of the announcers of the Laugh Olympics, along, I think, with Snagglepuss. So he's just a, a humanoid wolf character. Mildew Wolf. He definitely is invited. Yeah, yeah. And then today I was trying to find this Marvel superhero that was created a couple years ago, I think like in 2017 or something, at that time period. Uh, her name is Voyager, and her, her, her name is, her, her supposed name is Valerie Vector, but her real name is Vani Gast. So she was the daughter of, this is, I, I read, the daughter of the cosmic entity, the Collector. And he was having some sort of conflict with this guy that was a replacement Collector or something. So he, he gave his daughter teleportation powers and had and also the power to affect people's memories. So she went to the Avengers, and they remembered her as an original founding member of the Avengers, you know, like with the Hulk and Ant-Man and Iron Man and all them. And uh, so she, uh, there was a series of comics. They even did a cover of Avengers number one where she was on the cover. So she made them think she, w she was with them all along. But when she was fighting with this other character, reality was like unraveled and her existence was was erased though that was all a lie and she actually was just inserting herself in, in their memories and apparently the same writer 
did the same thing in the Justice League. There's a character named uh, Triumph or something, something like that, uh, who who did the same thing, who inserted himself into the past uh, as as a made them think he was a founding member. So Voyager will be in, will be invited. <laughs> then of course we have the whole world of Sanrio, you know, Hello Kitty and Karopi and Batsmaru, all those characters. And I've always been fascinated because on the Sanrio website they show all the characters they ever created. Especially the early, the ones from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So many of them, I have never been able to find a single product that they appeared on. One of them that I like is B Hill's kid, who I think should be inv- uh, invited. This um, this this dog boy from Beverly Hills, and on that uh, Mandarake site, there is one like handkerchief with him on it you could buy, but uh, I never bought it. But and then of course there's the ca- the cactus characters. Uh, Trend Point or El Paso, three humanoid cactuses. But anyway, the one I wanted to invite is Alfred Aloha, the Hawaiian elephant from Sanrio. I have never seen a single product that this that this guy appeared on, but he's cool. He's like a, a cartoon elephant from Hawaii named Alfred Aloha. I would love that. He would be great to be there, you know? From DC Comics, I, I decided to invite Blue Devil, who I think is sort of completely forgotten but in like in the 80s blue devil was a he had his own series and he was like a stuntman who was wearing a blue devil costume that was hit with some sort of radiation or some sort of toxic waste and and like the costume fused in with his his body and he became the super the super powered blue devil guy he was kind of cool we could have him at we could have him at the jamboree and then from the world of pinball i figured captain bizarre would absolutely be invited he uh He's this sort of a psychedelic guy. He, he he sort of has this like psychedelic party in the pinball machine, the party zone. And it was all these other characters too, like the, like um, the party monsters, like Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, and um, the cool. What's that? Who's that cool guy? Uh, you know that pinball machine. I forget, but they they refer to them all in this one pinball machine: the party animals, the party monsters, and then. That other one, I can't, I don't remember at the moment, but Captain Bizarre, and actually was, Party Zone was re-released by uh, Zen Pinball, and they made him like an animated version of Captain Bizarre, kind of extending the canon there. Whoa, <laughs> what happened to my my list here? Okay, Captain Bizarre. Okay, this is good. This, this will be a good movie, right? All these different characters. In fact, this recording could be fed into the AI in the future to actually make the movie, you know. Anyway, I, I did have to invite someone from Reed Fleming, World's Toughest Milkman. I think we have to invite Reed. He's the World's Toughest Milkman. But his sidekick uh, named Captain Coffee, this real lazy guy that was slept all the time, they called him Captain Coffee because he, so, he was so, like, lethargic. His name was something Lowell or something? So, yeah, Captain Coffee and uh, Reed Fleming have to come. Which immediately poses the question, if we, like, fed all of the uh, Overnightscape episodes, all our Frank recordings into NAI, or all of me, at some point in the future, and, you know, the AI had picked up a few things, some intuition and interpretation, could, after we're long dead and cold... And AI continue to generate uh, monologues, programs, and it would 
to an ear sound as if we persisted? This this is an interesting question. I've got some notes here. Um, uh, you got to invite the characters from the horrors of Ivan, which is a fictional subpart of the Reed Fleming world's toughest milkman world. And I've always been fascinated by it. It's a TV soap opera that Reed Fleming, world's toughest milkman, will go to incredible and great lengths not to miss an episode of. Um, and uh, if you mentioned Alpha Flight. Uh, I am now reading the 1997 relaunch of John Burns' Alpha Flight, and it's just such a weird take on it. I'm only a few issues in, but it's some years later, and Guardian has somehow been de-aged to a young man and has no memories of his relationship with the redheaded woman whose name I am completely blanking. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, as some of you uh, know, I am slowly reading through every 1997 Marvel comic. Just, you know, not, not for any particular reason. I, I just like to read comics, and it was a project that looked interesting. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I made it to October. Uh, I may actually complete the year, but then, of course, I do have uh, every Marvel comic published moving forward uh, all the way to, what, 2007 or eight or something. But that's a whole other kettle of eye-boggling fish to... Uh, um, I'm loving this selection, uh, Frank, this collection of these wonderful beings. And, and you have an ear for names uh that's just amazing oh one more character that i uh i am going to uh, add to my jamboree at this point anyways and that's uh matt groaning uh the guy who did simpsons did a shorter series i think for netflix called disenchanted and the character elfo i i, I like elfo elfo is invited to the jamboree and of course, I have to invite Jamie Berlin and the Zoot, um, this uh, beautiful young woman and this weird alien guy that were in a isu- couple issues of Alien Encounters. And I, ha- I had a poster of it in my room in my, when I was a freshman, Jamie Berlin and the Zoot. So th- they will definitely be invited. would also like to invite Fifi Leach, the main character in that book, uh, Ancient Lights by Davis Grubb. She's sort of this omnisexual woman in the near future who, uh, and I, 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 I read like the first like ch- couple chapters of the book. I really need to get back to the book, but she's a cool character. Her father, Sweely Leach, is sort of like a, this religious guy and this, it's a really good book. So it was like this guy, he wrote Night of the Hunter and I don't really know what that's all about, but that was not science fiction. This one's science fiction. So this guy, he was dying of cancer or whatever and he knew he was dying. So he just wrote the most outrageous, insane, like sexual, bizarre book he, he could come up with. He knew he'd be dead before it'd be published. And this book does not exist as an ebook or an audiobook. You have to just buy a copy of the book. There's nothing online of it. And then I figured I'd also invite Red Leech, right? One time when I was talking about Fifi Leech, I said, oh, is, I wonder if she's related to my character, Red Leech, played by Zope. Zope plays Red Leech in a, in a, I did a couple comic strips called Vat Otar, 
about this weird reality and there's a giant vat of tar and uh, Zope has like long straight hair kind of like a hippie hair and uh, so Red Leech is the character played by Zope and he could actually meet Zope <laughs> that'd be really cool <laughs> then I was thinking uh, Charlie Weaver the hillbilly character created by I forget the guy's name but he was the father of that acting family I can't remember their name right now but anyway he was he used to be on Hollywood Squares and stuff but he wasn't real he wasn't like the real guy he was the guy playing a character he was ki- kind of like that that phenomenon of like you know like Buster Poindexter or Pee Wee Herman you know um Charlie Weaver and then f- from another Croft show we would have to invite Super Chick um she was I can't remember her name either but she was she was in Captain Cool and the Kongs on the Croft Super Show and they got fired and they were replaced by the Bay City Rollers um, but I think probably the entire band Captain the Cool and the Kongs would have to be invited but uh, Super Chick she was part of this musical family that was sort of like the female Osmonds they, they had Mormon roots and uh, I can't remember her name and then there was that documentary about them that again is completely unavailable except if you can find a copy of the DVD Ugh, I can't remember her name, but you can look it up. And then um, we can't just have one wizard. We can't just have the Cookie Crisp wizard. I figured we'd get the wizard bird from the Brady Kids. Remember the Brady Kids, the Brady Bunch cartoon, where they got rid of the parents, but they brought in two panda bears and a, I think a dog, the dog that disappeared in the TV show, and then also the wizard bird. I forget the wizard bird's name, but um, he definitely has to come. Uh, to to the jamboree and I I had another instance of wizard birds recently on the show I was talking about because there's a new wizard bird oh well Oracle of the Alpha that's who we'll invite another wizard bird from a brand new card from uh, Magic the Gathering that that creates the power nine in your deck yeah so the next one is a rather obscure character and I'm not even sure if it exists but I I thought that there was this um, company that used to make mini bikes, like these little miniature motorcycle motorbikes, called Taco Mini Bikes, and I think there was like this weird monster guy riding a mini bike, wearing a Mexican hat. That was the that, that that was the mascot for Taco Mini Bikes. We'll invite him. And in the same vein, remember the a car called the Duster. I forget what company made it, but it was like a little, like dust tornado, but with eyes. I'm going to invite him as well. And talking about um, mascots, we would have to invite the cartoon beaver Bucky from the uh, incredible chain of giant truck stops down south. And I actually went to one a month or two back uh, in in Georgia, actually in Calhoun, Georgia. I went to the Bucky's there. So, and we have a Bucky. Uh, I have a Bucky T-shirt, and I have a Bucky uh, magnet on my fridge now. So, we'll invite Bucky B U C hyphen E E. And then I just. Uh, Jotted down another Grateful Dead character, Ramble on Rose. She would be good. Um, also from the Banana Splits, I seem to recall there was a these two human girl twins that were singers that were like the enemies of the Banana Splits. We'll invite those two girls. Two more from from my body of work, ultra obscure characters. Uh, Fnud, the the musket ball, who I actually did finally draw a few years ago on Zopin Fnud's um, Pond Fuse, that, that show art. He was the, uh, he was sort of, I made a fictionalized version of myself named Kama, uh, and he had a, 
an e-zine called Commas Coma, and he did a comic strip called FNUD about this musket ball that was fired during the Revolutionary War that kept going through all these dimensional portals and gained intelligence and traveled all around. And then uh, I remember I was creating all these characters back when I was living, when I was going to uh, NYU film school. And I think my, my roommate Andrew was helping me, and there was one guy named Panbasa Deliver. It's like this weird frog frog guy with like a, a Hawaiian shirt. I know I have a picture of him somewhere. I'm going to find it eventually. Panbasa Deliver will be invited. Um, a couple uh, characters that came up when I was at my last Weasel adventure when we were at um, Veggie Heaven in uh, Denville. Ryan had this program where you could just think of a character and the program would ask you questions and would guess the character. So the two characters I thought of, uh, first one, Funky Phantom, it got pretty quick. That's a Hanna-Barbera Revolutionary War ghost guy that hangs out with a bunch of teenagers in a, in a dune buggy on the TV show Funky Phantom. So Funky Phantom would be good. The next character I, I came up with stumped the program. It was so obscure. It was Frakir, the, stra- the strangling cord that Merlin, son of Corwin from the Amber series, um, kept around his wrist, an invisible strangulation cord that was intelligent. It couldn't get that. That character was too obscure, so we'll invite Frakir. Sounds kind of dangerous, though. An invisible strangulation cord. Next up, some video game characters. Um, there's a bunch of pirate girls in fighting games that are sort of don't really fit in. Um, so in Marvel vs. Capcom 2, there were two characters. One was Amingo, who was a, an intelligent cactus man. Probably have to invite him. And then Loveheart was this pirate girl uh, that you could play as too. So we'll invite her. And then... Sorry, I'm wrong. Her name was Ruby Heart. Ruby Heart was the one from Marvel vs. Capcom 2. But then in The King of Fighters 14, there's another pirate girl named Loveheart. And she's from another dimension. And she only ever existed in, like, she. there was a pache slot machine, in a Japanese slot machine, um, that had all this animation. So Loveheart. So we'll invite her. And then what the hell? We'll invite May, the pirate girl from the Guilty Gear series, and also B. Jeanette from uh, Garou Marker of the Wolves, who also is in King of Fighters 15. A lot of pirate girls in fighting games that we will invite. And they can all get together and talk about their pirating, their, their, their pirating ways and how they fight people. And I figured, from the world of video games, Mr. Driller is definitely a good guy to invite. Um, he, of course, is the son of Dig Dug. And his, his mother is also a video game character, I think, named Baraduke. There's a whole, like, family drama going on with Mr. Driller, you know. And I was thinking we had to invite one of the puppets from Pee-wee's Playhouse. So I'm thinking Terry, the pterodactyl puppet. I think he'd be a good one to get. And I couldn't have the Jamboree without at least one toaster character. I'm not inviting the brave little toaster. Forget that. I'm thinking the Pop-Tart toaster from the that was the spokesman for... Um, Pop Tarts in the early days. He was, he was like a like a toaster cartoon character. I forget the name of the. I don't know if the character had a name. Um, next up from the card game Legends of Runeterra, a character that was created specifically for the card game that was not from 
League of Legends. Her name is Nora, N-O-R-R-A. Similar to my last name, Nora. And she is this little, like, rabbit rabbit cartoon creature. And she does all this magic and stuff, so we'll invite Nora. And one last one from my, my oeuvre. Um, I created this thing called Antebellum, which is this, uh, perhaps now unfortunately named, uh, Weird World of Superheroes in New Jersey. And one of them was named the Ice Grand Free kind of an Iceman type of like character that could shoot ice out of his hands. So we'll invite the Ice Grand Free. Um, another character, video game character, uh, from a fairly obscure Laserdisc game uh, called Thayer's Quest, we'll invite Thayer. He was sort of the young man adventurer who was the star of the, the game. And I remember playing it a few times in arcades and uh, it was it was very rudimentary, and and when you died, it said, "Ops, you just died." And me and Brian uh, from the Three Weasels, we would always sort of quote that game. So we'll invite Thayer. <laughs> um, two women named Rio will invite um, uh, the star of the Duran Duran song, Rio. Right? Her name is Rio, and she dances on the sand. And the uh, the, the um, Nagel illustration on the cover of the Rio album probably is what she looks like so you know Patrick Nagel he died very very young um, but I really love his work very much exemplifies the 80s so she'll be she'll probably look like like an illustration and then also um, what was that anime I know PQ I know you watched it too Rio was it called Rio Rainbow Gate about this uh, sexy worker at a casino her name was like Rio so two Rios, we'll invite them. And then, uh, since I've been watching um, Remington Steel, I think we'll invite the secretary, Miss Wolf. But her real name is Bernice Fox, but Remington Steel always calls her Miss Wolf. And finally, the last thing I have on my list is uh, uh, another character from my work, uh, Doc Wolfmellow. He's this guy that created this... Uh, series of theme parks in, in shopping malls in, in like the starting in the 70s but then into the 80s and uh, in that in the world of the Weasel Village Mall he actually bought um, the Disney theme parks when Disney went out of business around 89 Doc Wolfmellow so he was like this uh, Disney like guy like in this alternate reality version of the 80s Doc Wolfmellow and he's also the name I use when, when I go into some virtual realities Doc Wolfmellow of course, we could also invite the original Wolf Mellow from uh, and and Count Angelus from my other frivol of uh, a horror host named uh, Count Angelus and his sidekick Wolf Mellow the Werewolf. This sounds like a great jamboree, doesn't it? That's the end of the list. So anyway, uh, I wonder, you know, would the the AI could take this audio piece and uh, produce this uh, infinite movie with it? All these characters hanging out and talking to each other and stuff. And just the concept of it. All these weird, obscure characters that are just sort of hanging out at this this like endless jamboree interacting with each other. There could just be thousands and thousands of characters. It just never ends. The reality jamboree. Come on. It's going to be a good movie with lots and lots of characters. Back to you, PQ.
Reality jam and jamboree indeed. Uh, I this concept is huge. I mean, I remember what Philip Jose Farmer's River World, which took I think real people, everyone who ever lived and died and rebirthed them all at once on this massive planet and had interactions for at least a trilogy. That was fun back in the day, but I haven't read that in ages. Um, But uh, this is a a vast concept, especially imaginary licensing, and then you can do the whole thing. I mean, although AI comes up with these... uh, very close variants that who knows how actionable they are. Over time, AI may actually make copyright and trademarks very, very blurry and almost impossible to 100% uh, control, so to speak. I mean, in the end, ideas are ideas. I mean, an an imitative Mickey Mouse, so long as it's not exactly Mickey Mouse, I mean, there is a certain amount of caveat emptor involved, and ideally the creator and owner of a property does the best best of all possible versions of that, and if they don't, well then if somebody else is doing a better version of your character, you really have to stop and think maybe they should do it? I don't know. I've never run into this. And yes, I suppose for some people, there is a lot of money and their families and the fortune and all that. It gets complicated. It gets complicated really quick. And that you remembered Rio Rainbow Gate Oh, man. Anime chicks interacting with Flintstones, for example. What? That's, well, I guess Wilma is, well, I don't know. But there, uh, Anne Margaret was in a Flintstones episode. So uh, there, there have been that sort of interactions in the past. Um, and, and I have the, the funky phantom. That is so cool. I actually am the proud possessor of a funky phantom mug. Uh, it, I, I never, it, it's, it's on the, I have a, a few little shells with tchotchkes that make me smile. And that is one of them. It's sitting right next to a churchy Lefemme mug of the same style and era. And uh, this cool container that uh, has bubbles you can blow in, but it's got Grogu embossed in the front of it. It's it's just, I don't know. The the things that I accumulate on my shelves uh, can be very inexplicable indeed. And Cliff Arquette, Cliff Arquette was Charlie Weaver, and, and of course the father, grandfather, father of David Arquette and Patricia Arquette. They're sort of a, a dynastic family in showbiz now. Um, he was kind of based on a tradition. If you look up Uncle Josh on YouTube, you'll find a zillion 78 RPM records from way back in the day. Uh, There was a fellow, I think his name was Cal Stewart, and he did this bucolic character telling these funny stories about what 
you know, country people do. And yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That, and that was one of my earliest uh, 78 RPM records I found in the closet uh, at home and uh, insisted on playing. And back in that day, I mean, you had a phonograph and it went up to 78. It went down to 16 RPMs, which... Except for talking books, whoever used 16 RPM. But, yeah, those uh, those old phonographs of my youth with the needle that just literally destroyed the record as you played it. Uh, oh, I, and this is a philosophical question for you all. Do you get the, uh, like, say, Jeffrey Dahmer? Because you did a biopic of him, there is a fictional rendition of him it that's the one you get right or like jim morrison you would get the val kilmer one or like freddie mercury is forever sasha baron Cohn, uh or yeah i don't know uh, the ability to mix real people who are have become fictionalized it that that gets tricky too and of course back to the licensing and likenesses Although again, this this I necessarily, uh, as much as they've been trying to extend copyrights and trademarks well into billions of years, uh, I think what it may come down to is everything is licensable for a flat fee, and uh, they get a certain percentage, and uh, they can't say no, maybe, uh, but. We'll see. We'll see how that develops because, uh, I'm, as you well know, I'm fascinated by uh, copyright law and all that. Um, yeah, this this was good. Thanks, Frank. And uh, I, 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 this because nobody else, I, I got a list of five uh, of my, these going back to my, what I was talking about at the beginning of this show, actual like people that I knew and some, I think most of these I may have mentioned at one time or another, but let's, uh, uh, there, there was Walter Rustic. And you know, when you're young, you will like look up to or be fascinated by people who, looking back, were just pathology cases. Walter Rustic was uh, a f- well, my best friend in high school's mother in our senior year moved into kind of a rooming house sort of situation. And I'd go up there and hang out because that's where he would be a lot of the time. And downstairs, there was a pizzeria and bar. And that was owned by this family. And uh, one of the sons was Walter. He was a little older than us. And he had long hair. And he seemed to be really, you know... the me at 17, who was cool and who wasn't. He seemed cool and that kind of hippie, you look up to, been to Grateful Dead shows kind of a guy. And uh, he had cooked his mom, or maybe he had always been a little like this, but he would spend most of his time uh, drumming, literally, to... uh, the same several records over and over in his room and you know young kids smoking weed we'd go hang out and smoke weed with walter and you know he did 
repeat these crazy phrases. Let's see. One of the things he would do is he would just stop everything and look at you. You look at me, I look at you. Patata, he would say. Or he'd say the same thing, but you look at me, I look at you. Krenna. Why I remember this nonsense. What, 50 years later it's getting on? 45 years? Oh, boy. Yes, the human mind. That's the main thing about all of the drivel and uh, the permutations of talk and memory that we play with here in pop culture is actually how our minds and memory operate in our skulls. And yet uh, you remember something, it lives for just, it, it's like a little light goes on, just, just for a second there. But yeah, there was Walter Rustic. Uh, and Laura, I have no idea whatever became. And then when I hosted open mics in Santa Fe, there was this guy, Youngblood, who would show up. He would always show up with his guitar, roaring drunk, roaring, almost incoherently roaring drunk but you know red-faced and good-natured and ready to have a good time and he always had a retinue of at least two and as many as four or five you know girls who you know little the, the young groupiettes whatever his entourage and it was just this great spectacle and no matter how wasted this guy was when he got up to play he played his own he wrote the his own goofy country folky songs and bellowed them out very stridently and he was great he was just this amazing again personality uh I really wish I had tapes of some of these uh, events, those open mics. And there was another guy, uh, speaking of those open mics and my list of characters, called himself the Imaginary Friend. And he was just, it was like somebody had landed from another planet in the hills of Appalachia, Kentucky, somewhere very rural, and learn to play this finger-picking guitar, he would just play this remarkable finger-picking guitar that was warped. It wasn't your typical, you know, blues chords, one, four, five. It was all over the place and hallucinogenic almost. And he'd sit there with this goofy grin and look you straight dead in the eye and never talked much. I mean, later on, after I left town, people I know say, oh, Daniel, you remember Daniel. Uh, but even they didn't know much about the guy. I guess he started talking at some point a little. But yeah, what did there? The imaginary friend. I wonder whatever happened. Because if nothing else, he could just pick up a guitar and do all of these amazing permutations of finger-picking and mixing like really rural string band with modern finger picking, with jazz, with bebop. It was just, like I say, there's certain things I wish I had. I've only got the snapshots in my mind, and I can't share it any more than that. And then there was the guy 
the guy. We all had that guy in our life, one thing or another. But uh, he was my uh, what my my dope dealer, where I got my marijuana from in my uh, at a certain point in my life. And uh, I'm not even names are just. He was just this shorter guy with glasses and kind of a little bobbing up and downy when he talked. And this guy always had an excuse why he was taking more money from you. He would like, you know, and announce it. You know, you would buy some marijuana, he'd come to your house, and he'd be, I pinched your bag because, you know, I drove over here and I figure you like owe me. And it was just endless with the guy, with everything. I mean, and to his credit, to his credit, over the years, he did many really benevolent things for me. I mean, there were times when the guy was, everything else aside, a friend. So, I mean, I don't, well, let's not throw people under the bridge altogether. But as a character, uh, it, and Lord knows, I, I think he's somewhere in the Catskills or who knows to this very day. And uh, overall, uh, I wish him well. Uh, I, I wish everybody well. I, I, I may have, pardon, differences with people over time or whenever. But I don't ever sustain, I'm unable to sustain grudges, as far as I know. If you catch me sustaining any, or like there's somebody living in my head, I don't, I feel for people who like they wake up in the morning and there's somebody, oh, I've managed to pass on that. And in my late teens and early 20s, uh, once I got out of high school, one of several jobs, I kind of rotated around and around. I would go from one to the other to the other and then back around the cycle again. Uh, I've talked about it. I uh, ran an arcade in uh, downtown Monticello, New York. The Playland Arcade. And while I was hanging out there, you know, lots of people came and went, young people usually younger than me. And uh, one of them, uh, Caesar, we will call him, because sometimes he liked to refer to himself as such. He, he was, I don't know, 14, 15 years old, very overintelligent young man who hated school. He would, like, I'd have to throw him out sometimes because technically during school hours he wasn't allowed in there although he'd make excuses that he'd gone had a doctor's appointment and just got but we became friends just because he would be in there at times when there was no one else and i'd watch people play games and he was just we became closer and closer friends i think for a short time he dated my uh stepsister uh and to this day, I think he lives in this world where he is still, I, I, I'm not sure. But uh, my last interaction with him, which wasn't that long ago, it really seemed like he didn't. But the family must have sufficient, you know, like the typical still possibly living at home 
kind of a scenario. But uh, yet yeah, those those are person, and I, through life I've met tons of them. Uh, I've I've really had the benefit of meeting remarkable human beings. Anyways, uh, next week, yeah, the, I, you are invited. To listen up. Next week on the Overnightscape Central. Da, 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 da. Yep, uh, you want to be here, uh, at least to listen. But you might want to take part in the fun and festivities because you can actually have your voice, or at least your words, because if you write something up, send it as an email, I'll read it on your behalf. Oh, I need some water here. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'm more than happy to do that. And do take me up on that if you're mic shy or what have you. But it's time. Let's let's get this thing a-booming. And, uh, yeah, we're going to need all kinds of distractions. Next Monday is Halloween, so it'll be a couple days after that. And, uh, yeah, Election Day will be coming right up after that. But let's not let's, – let's talk about next week's Overnightscape Central. Where the topic will be crime. Now, I think we've hit crime before, uh, but if not, I, I hope we haven't hit it like, you know, within the last eight months, and I'm having yet another amazing PQ River brain malfunction. But yes, we are going to talk about crime. And, uh, and, Here's how it works. The deadline will be uh, Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. Uh, you could even get it to me probably early on Wednesday, uh, the 2nd, and you'll be good. The email address is, as always, kpqr.torc at gmail.com. Come on now, type it out, write it out. You're going to do it this time. kpqr.torc at gmail.com is the email address for magical fun. And join us. Be one of us. And uh, yeah, we all have thoughts on crime. Perhaps uh, how we deal with criminals, perhaps a better way. I mean, I am, this is, this crime is, and I, everybody within the sound of my voice has done things that circumvent laws and possibly could be called crimes, if not under certain circumstances out and out blatantly uh, been a scoff law. And uh, let's talk about it. Right here, next week on the Overnightscape Central. Uh, open up. Yeah, confess, confess to me. Um, anyways, with that, thanks, Frank. Thank you for listening. And uh, without further ado, let's get back to the real living. Let's set the controls for the heart of the fun.